0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast season four of the starter set, where we are talking about 12 different digital card games. Over the course of 12 months, I am your Mark, I am your Mark, I am your host, <laughs> you Mark of the mark. Lift, I am your Mark. <laughs> you are our uh, Mark. <laughs> I am your host, Mark <laughs> of the Lift, from outside of Pittsburgh. Okay, with me tonight is my legendary and ever host, Dead Broke Nerd, and my catastrophically creative and eternally optimistic co-host, gibbles and bits dvn i think we started with gibby last week so you're up my man how you doing tonight dude
1: i'm doing good hanging in there uh enjoying wild frost uh i don't know that i've gotten much further than i did last week (laughs) uh but i have been enjoying it and got to do some cool combos and all sorts of stuff and um really just uh you know there's sometimes we've played other games where there was this urgency it felt like to to complete it and to explore it and stuff like that, and I've just been taking it my own pace and really enjoying it. Um, you know, obviously, uh, been playing some uh, some Destiny, getting ready for uh, next Tuesday is the um, the new season. So oh, excited geez, to see what the next Ooh. next seasonal activity is. And a week from that day, so a week after the new season launches, they drop the new Destiny dungeon. So, uh, Uh you know, I'm going to have to get Gibby uh, dungeon ready uh, so that the three of us can maybe do like a blind playthrough of it or something like that.
2: I think I'm going to need a stern talking to about what goes into a dungeon because I have no idea. It's It's Destiny. It's
1: not that it's not that bad. Uh, we'll get you a there. go
0: throughs does sound exceptionally painful, though. I'm not going to It gonna sounds lie. so like, fun.
1: What are you talking about? You're not here to solve all the shooting puzzles clear... and platforming? Come on.
2: If there's going to be... Oh, well, there's platforming? If there's yes. going to be a very clear weak link and there's platforming involved, it's going to be me. To be fair, I am,
0: everyone's the weak link in platforming. So, I am abnormal. Yeah, can attest equally... to this.
2: I am abnormally... I feel like I'm abnormally well, bad at the part platforming part of that's just comfort. This. You'll get
1: used to it. Um... You're playing a warlock too, and warlocks are probably the worst platforming class. Or at least it feels that way sometimes. Oh, yes, man. keep telling keep telling
2: me that.
0: Well, now it sounds like I have to get on Destiny, but it's going to be really hard because Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out on the Switch this past Friday. Yeah. And I am roaming around the grassy plains of Hyrule right now mm-hmm. in my free mm-hmm. time and taming horses in slaying goblin-like monsters and solving <laughs> puzzles and and making like flying contraptions that I can now glide around the sky and I literally took like a like a flying thing and attached fans to it and I got on it and it launched and I literally like would walk back and forth on it to decide which direction to go no physics at all just keep in mind the, the physics engine it is questionable, questionable at best, but so much fun, so much fun.
2: That's what I've been doing. I didn't know the game was coming out. Yeah. Until like the day it was releasing. And then I had like seven friends, everyone just including. Yeah. Curry, who was previously on the on the on the podcast going like, oh, it's coming out today. I've taken off work. I've blocked off my whole weekend. I'm going to play this all weekend. And I'm like, hey, what game is this? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that there was a new release coming out of something important. Yeah, but you know, there I can is a loyal, loyal fan base. I can certainly respect it. You know, my sister is like, you know,
1: knee deep in and uh, Zelda uh, gaming now. And, uh, you know, she's just de- dove right in. Um, and I'm like, that's cool. You know, I played Breath of the Wild a bit. But as fun as like the puzzle solving is, which I really like, um, and exploring is kind of fun. It just wasn't for me, especially because all of your gear breaks constantly. That's what everyone who doesn't like just the game it says. Can't. That's 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 what it is. Is if you can tolerate the fact that your gear is just constantly breaking, then you'll love the game. But I just cannot. I I cannot get over it. It just it is it the, feels unnecessary. It is the the part of the game that it's just like I can't get over that hump towards being able to really truly just embrace the game. It's like I'm playing the game in spite of it. And so like I did not end up choosing to get Tears of the Kingdom. But good for everybody that's enjoying it.
0: I am enjoying it. It is vast and, I don't know, very... I I just find the exploration (laughs) so interesting. And I can attach rocks to the end of my weapons and meat to the end of my bow and arrow arrows that's fun so there's this new special ability that lets you fuse basically any two item any item in the game for the most part with one of your weapons and so you can fuse Mm -hmm. like uh fire things like fire peppers on the end of your arrows and they'll explode and all sorts of different stuff and you can put like a giant spring on your shield so when people hit you and you block it springs and shoots them away from you which is Also,
1: very fun. fun, Very, that's very fun. Which is really. I'm sure there's a lot of like fun discovery. Well,
0: I think one of the coolest things about it is they released before you had this power that let you basically pick up metal things. Now there is like chunks of wood and rocks and stuff all over, and you have an ability that lets you pick up anything, and then you can (laughs) rotate it and position it and glue it to anything else, and they become an (laughs) item. So you can make. There's like sections where there's like wheels, and you can just like. Grab some wood from a local camp and forge it together to make a wagon, and attach it to your horse. And now you have a horse with a wagon that you literally made, and you can make See, it ridiculous. I,
1: I hear that um that Tears of the Kingdom even more so than Breath of the Wild, which had already done this, but the Tears of the Kingdom makes the last two like Pokemon Switch games just look completely
0: embarrassing. That a hundred percent makes sense to me. Yes, that. That app, because the difference between this and an art in Legends, like Arceus Legends, which I just finished, which I did enjoy. I did enjoy it, The difference between the two is just absolutely night and day in terms of like the vastness and the complexity and the graphics and the detail is like so intense. And the everything. Well, it feels like I'm playing on a gaming <laughs> rig. Like it feels like I'm pay- playing this game. Like the vastness of the game feels like. Uh, like a a $70 game that I would play on my $1,000, $2,000 computer, not on my $300 Nintendo Switch. Like the equipment doesn't make any sense. And and
1: so the and so the excuse that scarlet and violet had of well they're limited by the switch's capabilities is not holding up is that what i'm saying?
0: It, it it would be very su- i would love to see the legitimate <laughs> argument behind that yeah, yeah. whoever whoever designed breath of the wild has a has a cheat code that gets to some extra sticks of ram uh hidden somewhere in the switch that pokemon doesn't game freak can't get access to Oh my gosh. somehow somehow
2: it's an yeah. easter egg <laughs> like without, what, okay what if that was an easter egg in the game like what if the game started out like so pixelated and crappy but then you found like easter eggs in the game that continued oh to improve <laughs> yeah like the, you know that sounds like an indie game that sounds like something an indie game, game. that do. literally
0: sounds like inscription where it deleted files from my computer that we talked about in february like that is <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you find the files, and the yeah, files make the game yeah. better.
0: Well, we got through all that. Uh, Gibby, what have you been up to, man? Uh, it's a, it's a. It <laughs> oh, it's my
2: turn finally. This yeah, happened last we week got too. So into- well, well,
0: you're what you
2: if you
1: played more of the, the Pokemon games, or if you played Zelda games, then you, so it's I your breath of, of the wild. wild. It's your fault. Well, then you should <laughs> in. <it. laughs>
2: I played play, play breath. I just I didn't have a whole lot to say. I also think the breaking the, the, uh, armor breaking things is, I don't like when my equipment just disappears for no reason. Cause it just, it's like, Oh, I've got time to shatter. Great. I'm like, okay, well, what's the point of picking it up? I'm just going to, I'm just going to get cheap stuff. I'm just going to go thrift shopping for, for equipment. It's, <laughs> it's just going to break true. anyway. hundred um, percent. How I feel, you know, <clears throat> Well, no, but I'm good. Um, I'm looking forward to being home because for the last two weekends, I have been traveling eight hours and seven and a half hours, respectively, in different areas of the country to go do things. Uh, I was in a wedding this past weekend. Uh got sprung on me uh, the morning of that. I was the best man oh, oh, in the wedding oh. when I was just supposed to be a groomsman. And I got sprung on me five to ten minutes before uh, the reception was starting that I was going to be doing a speech. So, wow. Oh yeah, mm. it was, That's like some people's like worst uh, nightmare. Yeah, me, but mine. It, 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 but I, had, I did okay. It was fine. So, um but yeah, so I'm. I had plenty of time in the car to play some Wild Frost and attempt to play some Pokemon Unite. But it's really hard to play Unite when you're going 70 miles an hour down the the highway. The connection does not uh very stable, uh, to say the least. You, so, that was a quick one and done try. I ended up having to get a replacement for our last Pokemon Unite season match. For two weekends ago when we were driving back because it's pouring rain and we're driving down the highway and my connection's like, you're going to try to connect to a server in Europe? Good luck. That's not happening at all. The really tricky yeah. part was
0: taping that Nintendo Switch to the 2 o'clock on his steering wheel and playing with one hand in his tongue on the two joysticks. That was the... <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Center console. <laughs> oh, man.
2: <laughs> one hand in the cup holder, one hand on the <laughs> steering wheel. That's, and that's how we did well, it. Well,
0: hey, it's really good to be back in the studio with you guys and talking a little bit about some wild frost us tonight. Um, you know, we are on the third week of this, this game. So we have this week, and then next week we'll give you guys our final verdict. And I think we've telegraphed our final verdict for this game uh, pretty hard uh, from the very beginning. Um, but it has been a really fun journey so far. And next week we'll also announce... The uh, the smaller, less known card game that we're going to next, which we're really excited to we're really excited to talk about. But for this week, what we wanted to do in Wild Frost was we wanted to dive in to some of the boss fights, Uh, specifically the I guess they're all mini boss fights. Are they all mini boss? Like there's no fight without a mini boss, right?
1: Uh yeah, I mean every fight has a mini boss. Okay, that's what I
0: thought. So some of the bosses, mini bosses.
1: I just lost two actually. Oh. I was trying to like wrap up a fight as we Which were one going was it? this because I. It's, oh, we'll get to it. I'll tell you when we get there because it's one of the ones on the uh. list. It's the number one most lost to. One for me, I hate it so much. It no I, spoilers. I run into it every run, every single run. <laughs> Oh, the worst. He opens up the boss fight. He's like, damn it. Yes, literally. (laughs) That's the only one that I fear.
0: Well, in Wild Frost, for each round, you are, uh, each fight, you will fight a mini boss, and then there will be two bosses, and then the main boss at the end, which, if you're lucky enough to get to the end, is the Frost Guardian. The first time you get through, and we're not going to actually talk about the Frost Guardian or any of his cronies, Um, the next time, we don't want to spoil anything. So, the next time, it's a little different. The second time, you, you... try to beat the closing boss we're not actually going to talk about those bosses we are going to talk about the handful of bosses that are kind of like leading up to the person that you're going to fight and so i think that on kind of like the very first round the very first like main boss that you'll go up against you have one of i think two or three options i think it's two and then uh the and then you'll have another boss that'll give you one of two options. We're going to talk very briefly about each of those because the main time that we want to spend on is actually on the mini bosses, which all of us agree are harder. Oh yeah. They
1: seem the, to be. But yeah, the bosses, so they're not the they're not the frost guardian, but they're the bosses. So like there's there's fights, there's bosses and then there's like the Guardian. The fight. The yes. fight. Like, yeah. So we're not talking so... about
0: the fight, the last one. We're going to talk briefly about the bosses, and then we're going to talk more about the individual fights. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And the fights have many bosses. Yes.
0: And we're not going to talk about all of them because I would say the first two, which I think you have, like, two options on each one, maybe three options on the first couple Th- those actually aren't all of all that hard. The first couple you will figure out in the mini bosses, um, and really yeah. the first couple of bosses you'll figure out as well. They're not super super hard, um, but the closing mini bosses are insanely difficult, and those are the ones we're going to spend most of the time on. So, starting off with the first bosses, I'll go over the first one. I'll let one of you, you know, tackle the the second options. You'll have one of two. You'll have a uh, bamboozle bamboozle who turns into mm-hmm. bam and boozle uh after you knock him out 18 health three attack five and he attacks or five counter uh he attacks all enemies and he resists snow once you knock it's like a giant two-headed snow. yeah he's like a is he like a yes. hydra kind of
1: or like an, an yeah he's a snowman with two heads and then when he when you when he's like a and, and some of these bosses for context have like a they're so big that they cover both rows
0: yes and this is so one when of they them.
1: attack they hit both of your front characters on or your front characters on both rows if you have one
2: and this is one of those it's like if jack frost and krampus like merged
0: together <laughs> yeah but then frosty the snowman yeah. and Krampus <laughs> yeah. got together
2: snowman uh, Snow krampus yeah, and then animated. and had a
0: baby like a mean baby that were attached at the hip but then they had surgery partway through
1: uh we're making this sound so disgusting, mm. but really he's a pretty goofy looking dude. Yeah.
0: He is. Uh he splits into a sixteen health and a fourteenth health. Uh the uh sixteen health has six attack with a six counter, resists snow, and has wild, which I believe is like when you see something die specific die, uh you get Yeah, window Fury. Yeah, when no any wild uh keyword character on
1: I found this out, unfortunately, when a wild keyword on either side dies, all wilds on the board get a frenzy or get an extra attack, basically.
2: When another card with wild dies.
1: Yes, which I was playing a follower that, you know, comes into play and copies a random effect on another character. And I was like, oh, he copied wild. Well, that's cool. Great. And then he got got.
0: And then they got more tags, oh.
1: and that was all she wrote.
0: Well, Boozle's fourteen uh, health to attack a two counter, so he goes really fast, uh, and he just applies one snow uh, whenever he hits you. Uh, but he is not resistant to being snowed himself. The other option that you could get is in Infernoco, Infernoco, Infernoco. He's a mm-hmm. monkey. He's a monkey in a. He's like a fire monkey inside of a mech suit with some swords. Uh, Sixteen <laughs> health, one attack. Uh four counter, resist snow, and when an ally dies, uh, gain their attack. And then whenever he goes down uh and loses all of his health, he'll come back. He gets angry, begins jumping out of his mech suit, and uh he starts getting uh he has a really, <laughs> really fast attack counter, that one, that one countdown or whatever, and he just starts uh ramping up his attack every single time that he attacks. Uh Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a pretty bro. He's a pretty big bro too. So uh, I'd love to know, Gibby. Toss it to you. What's your experience been with Bamboozle or Infernuku? Infernuku? I'm not gonna name some.
2: I'll talk about Bamboozle then. Bamboozle to me is not that difficult. And if you're gonna get one of the two of them, it's the one that I prefer to see because I feel like there's a clear path to beating it. And we've highlighted it slightly already. Bamboozle because of. One I don't think the followers that come with bamboozle are really that bad it's really like there there's there's some beatable um kind of little minions that you just kind of need to clear them in a decent amount of time, but none of them are truly like scary to really go up against you've kind of got some guys that apply snow you guys got the some guys that got that have aimless that do some damage, maybe a guy that can hit some stuff in the back with a long shot, but nothing that is either like really fast and deadly. The only one that really is important to clear is called Porcupine, which has a six counter, I believe. or No, it's got six health on a four counter, but it does two in a barrage, which early on, you may be a little shallow in your, your companion pool and you're trying to keep things healthy as you're getting them out. And you also don't have, don't have a lot of crowns or things where you are building your board quickly. So as you're taking turns to get things out, you kind of have to be wary to not, be so focused on your own board that you let their counters get low and then everything gets snowed and that's when they kind of build their own momentum but to me the biggest oh and also the winter worm i forgot the weather went about the winter worm just smacking that a bunch of times to reduce its attack it every time you hit it it reduces its attack. so um it has some decent followers but nothing that is so dangerous out the gate that you can't deal with it um for me looking at bamboozle once you've split bamboozle which really isn't that hard to do as you're kind of clearing some of the early stuff, you can almost unintentionally, in my opinion, split Bamboozle too Mm -hmm. early, um, Mm -hmm. where it splits off, and now you've got arguably two bosses that have their own separate counters that are a bit more dangerous than the combined Bamboozle, um, which it can be a little bit easier to slow down with the snows or putting up a blocker in the front. But um, the key is that Boozle doesn't have resist on snow. So you can super snow up Boozle to never go off and then just work on whittling down Bam and the other followers. And you should have a pretty easy path to success with Bam and Boozle. If both of them had resistance to snow, it would be hard to slow them both down. Yeah. But the fact that you can really hard focus one for a couple turns and Bam will still have a couple counters on him Assuming that you've cleared out some other followers by this point, you should be able to kind of manage your cards, manage your damage, and kind of let the um, your general and any other followers that you companions that you've got out kind of take care of business while you just kind of keep the other opponents' board at bay.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that those are great points of advice for beating that one. And you're right, not too hard once you get through it the first couple of times. You kind of learn what it is you need to target and what it is you need to slow down. Um d b n how about a little bit of advice for those of us going up against this monkey in a mech suit?
1: yeah, you know, I actually think um you know gibby seems to think that uh bamboozle is the easier one to go up against uh i think Infernoco is um i think Infernoco is a simpler to execute against but is more dependent on what you have in your deck so um infernoco uh in the first phase whenever an ally is killed uh it gains their damage. And what's tough about it is that it's paired with Makokos, which are these little fire monkeys. And they have a whopping eight health. Um, so for a first boss, like the minions have like eight health is tough. And they start off uh, with zero attack. And every turn they hit. So they have a one counter or one countdown. So they hit every single turn, but they gain plus one damage every turn. So what will happen is if you take too long in the first phase to clear the Makokos, then if you kill them, if you leave them alone, they'll keep getting bigger and they'll hit really, really hard every single turn. So you have to deal with them. But on the flip side, if you take too long uh, to deal with them first uh, and then you clear them, then all of that attack goes right over to Infernoco, uh, which absorbs their damage. So here's the interesting thing. Like, this is one of those ones where you want to play as fast as possible. You want to blitz and get a reliable, quick source of damage early on. Um, And I think that specifically, like, you have to balance, like, the first one only has 16 health. You want to clear that 16 health quickly. Just don't forget, once you clear it, when the next wave of uh, of phase two, like, minions come in, they're going to be behind it. And what that means is unless you have a way to hit the back line uh, with your countdowns, whether it's through long shot or aimless or something like that, uh, there's going to be a new round of Makokos back there that are going to be now guarded by the big, uh, you know, mech monkey that takes up uh, two rows mm-hmm. it, or it, it stretches across both rows. And so then it's just about, you know, surviving and blitzing down the uh, the 30 health version um and he's going to count down every two turns and, you know, um start building himself up. But he's easier. He is less damage-based than the first round, but he's tankier. So you can take your time a little bit more in the second phase. The, I think this boss is very susceptible. Not this, specifically this boss, but this boss fight is very susceptible to snow because you don't need to snow the Infernoco. You need to snow the minions so that they don't keep stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. Um, I think it's also really like this fight uh, is completely broken by Colonel because Colonel will walk up and as the Makoko start smacking uh, for zero or one or even two, he's applying, um, you know, uh, shields to all of the people behind him. Um, So there's quite a few ways to break this. But if you're playing a deck that can't get started fast, you're in trouble. And you have to figure out a way to pivot and start dealing damage quickly.
0: Yeah, if you have the ability to sort of like burst damage fairly reliably every round in your deck, which I, I've i had a couple of times where I have been able to do that, I was able to just sort of like re- either freeze up or remove those guys that ramp up attack um, every turn. I was able to sort of get rid of them pretty quickly and then was able to slow play it a little bit more, but they have a pretty chunky amount of health for the time that you go up against them. Um, and so you, it, it's not, I don't, know, I've only had a couple of games where I was able to just like jump in and, and deal with the, what are they called? Makokos. Is that what they're? Yeah. yeah. The makocos, and been able to jump in and deal with them like really quick. They have eight health, which isn't a ton, but if you're, if you're like a slower burn deck, it can be really hard to get rid of them quickly. I found that like the poison, like the puff caps or whatever they are, uh, are, are a little bit easier to make work against those guys because it kind of ticks them away over just a couple of turns and gets rid of them. Also, yeah. there's an ally, a pet that you can get. I don't know if you guys have him or not. I think he's a 2-6 with a countdown of 3. But every time he gets attacked, he draws you a card. And that's great against those guys. Mm-hmm. Just throw him out there and get your hand. Yeah. Just keep filling you up i like that a lot yeah Yeah. that's one of my favorites so the next two bosses which we'll touch on are the ones that are harder and those are truffle and crunker crunker is a back lane basically artillery robot that has i believe eight uh eight clunk health which basically these they can take any amount of damage they just need to be damaged eight times you need to damage him eight times Mm -hmm. and uh he just sits in the back lane and shoots a random assortment of your stuff for 8 points of damage which is awful and then once he's out of that state i think he has like 50 health um and then he shoots random things including his own board for 3 damage and he just does it quicker he'll more frequently shoot that damage up, i believe it might yeah. not even be quicker it might still be a countdown of three no it
1: is it's a it's a it's a le- one less countdown and he also resists snow in the second form okay which that's yep that's a big advantage in the first form is you can snow him up but in that second yeah. form oof, you, you know he has a lot less
2: attack in the second form that's yep. true he goes uh, down to
1: three attack yeah
2: goes around a three attack but goes up in health so he gets a kind of a different kind of health yeah so if you're that's a that's a fight where the uh the as you talked kind of talked about with the the puff caps or the poison or whatever it is puff caps and back yeah. and over Terra talk again uh the yeah the the poison damage shrooms. essentially that you do were mm-hmm. the shrooms it's the same yeah essentially the same thing uh the shrooms that you put on them are really good for dealing a tick of damage every single time and getting rid of that alternate health yeah That the scrap, scrap health, health. yeah Yeah, that's a really good way to uh, that is a really hard
0: one to get past. If you're just depending on like big, chunky hits, Uh, he can really get you, especially because on top of that, he comes with these things called spike walls, which also have wooden health that do uh, smack back for four, which can absolutely wreck you if you are you know, just having to damage them four times because the amount you're dealing with doesn't matter. The other guy's Truffle, and he's kind of like a Puff Cap type of character, right? A, a Shroom type character. Truffle has 110 health with four attack and four countdown. He can be snowed. It actually doesn't seem like anything too hard until you realize that every time he loses 10 health, he splits into two more. And is awful and he keeps splitting and keeps splitting now he does not have two stages like the other bosses but he will continue to split i'm gonna give a quick thought on these two and then uh dbm why don't you take whichever one you want and you can talk about it a little bit more in depth for me krunker is a you have to get him out of first phase he hits way too hard in first phase you gotta get him into phase two and then it's all about positioning and the unique thing about krunker is you don't always want to fill your board sometimes filling your board is actually a detriment to you Sometimes you need to keep a couple of little clunker allies in hand so you can put them in the place that they're going to get shot and you can protect your leader. And in the second phase, he can attack his own row, which makes him a lot more reasonable and easier to get rid of. Um, I found him, and you want to be pinging, those shields uh shield guys with the spells in your hand because then they don't get to attack back on you so you can just kind of leave them in the row that they're in and then ping them with shields or if you're playing shades uh you know you can find ways to ping them with your summons because summons are really really strong against this guy my experience with truffle is barrage is your absolute best friend because you're going to have a million truffles and so if you can get some decent barrage damage power up one guy and protect him with a really good barrage and chunk people for 10 or 15 or more damage in a single shot you can split a bunch of truffles or eliminate a bunch of them all at once my experience is the first time i went up against each of these they were very overwhelming the second time i came up against them they were substantially more manageable and i really have not had a super big problem with them knowing the strategy to defeat them dbn pick which one you want and tell us a little bit more about it
1: yeah, I'll just finish my the, the thoughts on truffle, which is simply that um truffle feels to me like uh the most uh polarized matchup where it really depends on what you have in your deck if it's easy or if it's really 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 hard. Um and that's because they're always going to hit for 4 on four countdown no matter the size of the of the mushroom. So when they split you know, starting at i think fifty five um and they split for the first- or no not a fifty five so they split whenever ten health is one hundred right uh sorry, yeah, the first one, but anyways, whenever they split um into fifty five or fifty i guess uh point dudes um they're just gonna quickly start multiplying, filling the board, and they're just gonna keep counting down on you and hitting you with a moderate strike of four. So, there's two things. You already mentioned one of them. Barrage completely, you know, helps you manage this, especially if you can apply snow, because these guys um, do not have snow resist. They're one of the few bosses that don't. The other thing that completely breaks this uh, is ink. Uh, Because if you apply ink, they'll never split, as long as you have ink on them. Um, Because Uh. ink... Uh, silences that clears clears blanks the text box. Um, and so the, one of those two tricks having those on hand and honestly, because this is sort of the second phase boss um, knowing that you can only run into one of these two uh, and even though they play completely differently, it's still worthwhile that if you see an ink going into the second boss, go ahead and grab it. It, it can definitely help against Krunker as well because it will take away the um, the bombard effect uh so it basically means it'll just hit predictably so ink is great against both of these and as you're going into the second boss fight if you see an ink in the shop or something like that it's a really really good thing to pick up at that point um yeah that's uh and then obviously like i said you mentioned uh barrage that's one of the main reasons that i really like uh the the uh snoof the uh Mm. the dog with uh, that applies snow because if you can find a barrage charm for him uh, or one of the, uh, like, I think it's a consume item or a consume uh, spell that gives barrage. If you can find one of those two things, slap it on the doggo. The doggo is going to barrage snow, and that really is p- quite potent
0: against truffle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, give you much experience against Krunker?
2: Yeah, against Krunker. um I feel like with Krunker, it's not so much about his allies as it is about really focusing that backline. Like we've already kind of talked about with breaking that first phase of Krunker. Um a mechanic to get very comfortable with is the recycling of your companions or of your mm-hmm. your uh your other allies in in your deck and getting them out, being able to do some damage. And if you see Like, it's always not a bad thing to let an attack happen if it allows the pattern to change, Mm. right? If you're afraid that the pattern is going to really be a detriment to you and you haven't broken into that second phase yet where it's only really hitting your side of the board, it's okay to shuffle a bunch of companions in there, even if it's going to mean that you're going to take some hit on your general, which at that point is probably unavoidable. It's it's better just to do that and shuffle your guys in, especially if you know that you're gonna have a, a like a deck recall here shortly, that you that you can then refill your hand and get them right back onto the board. That's the best way to play that is take a look at the board, plan a couple turns ahead, because the the companions or the the allies that your that the cronker has aren't so aggressive that you really have to worry about them killing your general. It's more about the actual crunker itself smacking your general for damage that you can't um, defend against, if that is the problem. So almost always you're going to ignore that wall, uh, the the spike wall. The spike wall doesn't really have a countdown. It's just a reaction that's going to smack you back if you hit it. So always position if you, a, a guy that you don't want to hit the spike wall in the opposite lane. If it's a little bit of positioning of your own guy's smacking the um the crunker to get into that second phase and then you can kind of let the the second phase crunker like deal with its own stuff and just play around. Sometimes you'll get really lucky. Um it's kind of a high roll scenario I feel like with crunker where you can get a pattern that is really favorable and if you do try to slow crunker down and just keep snowing up crunker every chance that you get and just let your let your guys on board have their countdowns kind of do the work. Um otherwise Use your spells in your hand. Let attacks go through where you where you need to, um, and I think I think as long as you like I said, as long as you're getting into that second phase of the crunker, it's kind of self explanatory on how to deal with. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, the like it's really about slow playing it, right? You're just trying to manage what that is doing and making sure that you're taking that damage. I feel like it gives you the most knowledge. Like it, it's the least surprising. Of many of the bosses. I mean, I know that you kind of work with full knowledge, um, but there's one specific fight that you don't work with full knowledge that we're definitely going to talk about. And let's get into some mini bosses because those are the main bosses. We're not going to talk about all the mini bosses because you can figure out some of the early game ones. I think the first two sort of like encounters are relatively easy to figure out. But then you get into some of these other ones that are genuinely really hard. And I don't know that this one is super difficult, um, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to explain King Makoko real quick. And then we'll why don't uh, why don't someone else King or, or uh, DBN? Why don't you take Maja after this? Or, go
1: ahead. Yeah. Why don't we each why don't we each pick the one that is has proven to be the most challenging for us? Oh, and talk about why and what some of those tactics. That are. That actually
0: makes the most sense. In that case, I'm taking numbskull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> numbskull <laughs> is a crab with a crystal <laughs> fortress of bricks on his back. And he has uh, the feature block, which literally, when you hit somebody, the block just takes one block off of them, and uh, and then they take all of that damage. Uh, Numskull is a twenty health uh, with what countdown? No, a, a, a six attack, four countdown. But he starts with a resist to snow in twelve block, and he says while activated, uh, add hogheaded to all of your enemies, which literally means that you cannot retreat them. The negative side of that is that on top of that, you have these other uh, idiot crabs that are all running around that you're trying to deal with, one of which uh, makes all of your guys attack your friends, which is awful uh, and the worst. And you have Crawler, who's walking around with two block, and he hits like a freaking truck. And Crab, who hits even harder, who comes in with three block. I'm sorry, Crawler comes in. He doesn't hit like the truck. He, when he is hit, gives two block to a random ally, which basically means your next two attacks gets that ally aren't going to do anything. Crab comes in, you have to hit him three times before you can even damage him, and he swings like a truck hitting for eight. This board has been next to impossible for me to get past. Almost every single time that I've come up against it, it's borderline eight. Just, okay, might as well just pack it in and click draw me a new hand a bunch of times in a row until my leader's out. I've only ever been able to get past the numbskull wall once. And, uh, and that was because I had fury on my side. And uh, on top of fury, being able to remove fury and poison, being able to remove multiple clicks of block, because poison can get rid of those blocks, those mushrooms. Um, I also had enough uh, things. I had a, a guy with uh, just is it smackback. I think it's smackback that doesn't work with the things that you randomly attack. Like my leader had smackback and no, like didn't tick down to attack. And so because of that, whenever I would just, I would just put that leader out every time in front of, and leaders with smackback t- typically have big attacks and they do not have, and they, um, they have a big chonky health because they don't have a countdown. And I would put that out against, uh, these crabs that make you attack your own allies, because it didn't matter how many of that nasty ability, which is called Haze, was on my leader. They would hit me for like one point of damage, haze me, and I would smack them back and kill them. And that was the only way that I was able to get through Numskull. And it is you have to slow game it because this 12 block that Numskull gets initially is is honestly just too freaking hard to work your way through click quickly, at least that has been my experience. And you really have to have the, the correct deck makeup. If you come against this guy and you don't have some people who can take that, that sort of hazy thing and that makes you attack yourself, or you don't have the ability to knock off multiple levels of block throughout the course of turns with the puff caps or the poison mushrooms, it, this is next to impossible if you're just a pretty standard build up a board and attack stuff build. I I literally have never beaten it unless I think I had those those poisons in there. Um I don't know what you guys experienced with Numbskull. This has been the hardest one for me.
1: I haven't lost a Numbskull. Oh, that feels I've bad. only run against No, 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 <laughs> but I've only come up against it literally twice. It's only I've only come up against it twice and it's been really hard. So like I totally understand why it's the toughest one for you. I just haven't seen it as much. Now I will say um, what was really effective for me again ink really helped like a lot because it removes that smog effect from when you're going to hit something the other thing that was helpful is you Um, and this this does not work if you're doing like a build up one big attacker because then it's awkward although the strategy in that case i did have one situation where i was building up one big attacker and obviously i can't hit the turtles that will you know, give it that, uh, whatever it's the smog effect is called where it starts hitting allies. Can't do that. So I would always just manipulate it right before my big attacker attack to just hit the block. And at least they're not taking on that effect. Um, but what you can do is, uh, I think this is what I did at one of them is when I had somebody, I tried to like whittle down the turtles and then have somebody hit the turtle for a big enough chunk to kill it and then it would gain that effect, and I'd shuffle it back in the deck.
2: Hmm. Yep, the shuffle gets rid of it. The The worst possible thing that you can have in your deck going up against um, Numbskull is Pepper, because Pepper oh, yeah. doesn't care about... Like, like the little block mechanic with the shields that you have to hit a certain number of times to kind of get past that shield. Yeah. It doesn't care about how much damage you do. So if you have something that is building Pepper with the anticipation in the early to mid game swinging for an early big chunk of damage, you're still doing just as many yeah. ticks of uh, off of the shields as doing one point of damage would. Well, be versus the 15 pe- pepper damage that you're now doing, doesn't matter. Keep to it in mind, yeah, so
0: you have to manage the board well because when Numbskull does come out, he gives everybody Hogheaded, which means you cannot shuffle your allies back into your deck. And so if they do pick up that fog of, oh yeah, yeah,
1: once he once he gets revealed, and I guess whatever phase two it is. Yeah. Or whatever. Above, like, Once he gets revealed, you can't do that for yeah, sure. Yeah, so
0: you just need to be aware of that. Is like Because that's what I was doing at first, too, was like, okay, if they get hit with the the ghost stuff, whatever, the mist, I will just shuffle them back in, no big deal. And then when Numskull comes out, it's like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, shoot, I have this on my big attacker, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now my big attacker is just going to smash all of my guys. You definitely have to build in such a way that you can beat be- this. Uh, the poison is so big for it.
1: Yeah, I think Shrooms... This is the thing, like, you know, it be- can become really easy as you build uh, out decks to really specialize, but then there's always the things like this where, you know, if you've really gone all in on peppers, all of a sudden your pepper strategy is completely useless and you don't have any way to get around it. Not saying you can't beat it, it just gets really hard. So it's it's not a bad idea next time you go to... You know the wooly snail to start looking at some of the things that aren't immediately obvious. As a yeah, this imme- this obviously upgrades my synergies. If your synergies are strong enough as is, look for things that will be like tech cards. Like it's interesting, but like unlike a lot of other deck builders, I think where like you know, I mean, we liken it to slay the spire all the time. Slay the spire wants you to specialize, and there's very few boss fights where it's a. If you don't have the, the right answer for this boss, you struggle. It tends to be more like, how do you adapt your existing strategy uh, from a pacing perspective? But this game wants you to... This game is challenging you. It says, hey, look, you, you cannot be a one-trick wonder. Or if you are going to be a one-trick wonder on a run, you, how, you, it's going to be luck. It's, you got, you're going to have to get lucky about which the enemies you run into. And so it it tends to be, I think, something where it really wants you to diversify, and that's where like picking up some of those mushrooms, some of those you know ink, um, heck, even uh, I'm only just messing with it, but the whatever the blue flame, I love effect is, flame I can't, stuff. Yeah, it it really like, changes about, like, like the math on things. Like that? Yeah, and it's pretty cool. So you know, looking into picking up a couple of those things here and there to help give you different ways uh, to handle some of those things. And then, of course, that means you can always draw into it with the bell. Also true. Okay,
0: Gibby, which is yours? What's the hardest one for you, man?
2: Okay, I'm going to go to one that we haven't necessarily, uh, we didn't preface about. I'm about to throw everybody oh. a curveball. My uh, f- uh, least favorite, I think, toughest mini boss that I have run up against is Bolgo bolgo has been tough for me really it's 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 the mini boss that has all of the shells Uh that it deals it has it is insanely hard if you do not have the right strategy early on or if your deck it's one of those ones where you can also just have a deck that is just not built to deal with it so bolgo's whole thing is that he plays around shell which is basically a a certain number of shield that gets stacked on top of the health pool of all of the enemies that you come up against so at first What's really tough about about the fight with Bolgo is there's just three-headed Hydra of just really strong followers that Bolgo has that are really tough to deal with, being the Shell Witch, which has six health um, and has two attack and a pretty low counter, and it gives two Shell to all of its allies once it counts down, and I think it does a little bit of damage as well. Mm-hmm. does three damage, so nothing to, nothing to stop damage. at. Oh, two damage. Yeah. And then um, three and a three counter. And then you've got the pecans that have uh, two health. And we're not going to get into the pecan versus pecan <laughs> debate here. Um, but it's got a low health as well. I'm trying to find it on the page to make sure I'm getting my numbers correct.
0: i just impressed that you remembered the name. I have not even... Uh yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, picking...
2: to be fair, the ones that the ones that
1: scar you the most, you remember the names of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true.
2: Uh, two health. Yeah, so two he's health. got four. So he's got two health, four attack. Um, and he gives himself he comes shields two shields. So every he comes single in with four health, right? right. And he's being given more shields by uh the shield witch. But the real big problem that you have to deal with in this fight is the conquerors and the conquerors uh have 2 health, 2 attack, a 5 counter which isn't which is isn't low, a 5 counter you can work around, but it comes equipped with 10 shell and it says it deals additional damage equal to shell. So it's receiving more shell from the shell witch. It's already got 10 shell on it. So if you don't deal and I think you get multiple of them up front. I think there's two conquerors on board. Mm-hmm. There's two shell witches on board to start. Um and one of the other so you've got multiple different areas on the board that if you deny it, the Shell Witches will start building up more Shell on all of its allies than you can deal with. And the Conquerors prey off of getting a bunch of Shell on them that if, they're not, if you don't ping that Shell away, they're at start coming equipped to smack you for 12. Yeah. And with multiple of them on the board, it's really hard to figure out from turn one where is your best, based on your deck, to focus your attention if you don't identify the proper strategy based on your deck to deal with what's in front of you in this fight from the jump you are dead in the water because you will be outpaced by the strong early game board that translates into a very strong late game board of conquer shell witch um and what and the the pecan like it's it's very very hard to to deal with like the biggest part of this fight is that it's not even it's not even Bolgo it's not has nothing to do with the actual mini boss of of the of the encounter which he when Bolgo says he's got 20 health uh five attack and a three counter with 10 shell and when hit gain one attack so he's basically like okay i'm gonna ignore you until i kill until i can kill you once i've cleared everything else then i'll go after you or if you're looking at an entire board of just absolute mayhem that you're not going to be able to outlast in a couple of turns. You just have to go after Bulgo and whittle him down and make the rest of the enemies retreat because the fight is over. It's it's a very hard fight to be able to prioritize and know when to make the switch to go after Bulgo if you don't have the firepower to deal with all of the followers that are on board. So for me, I've lost to that fight more than anything else. Um, something that is really good uh to be able to to use i mean a lot of them don't have snow resistance as we've talked about before so snow is great here uh ian has talked about ink uh ink is a great one to have and just being able to to, den- to deny the solid effects that are in the text of the enemies um and also peppers are a pretty good answer here because pepper oh, yeah. can hit for chunks so if you can start spreading pepper out or even get the uh, like little small things like the pepper flag out then that is a really good able to maintain all of the pepper. The pepper flag says after you smack something with, when you have pepper on you, you don't, relieve, you don't mm, uh, lose the good. pepper. That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But my favorite card against this fight, and probably my favorite card to pick up as an item across the entire game, is the palm bomb. The palm bomb says everything that is uh, undamaged, deal five to all enemies that are undamaged. Oh, yeah. And very efficient. technically, And technically, because Shell doesn't remove any health, you can actually hit multiple times with the pom bomb. That's true. Mm-hmm. You can deal damage. if you It still it. has full health and lower shell. And if you can cycle through your hand or use the the Shadow Mancer or whatever it is to give you a second copy of pom bomb, you can really across, start wiping out all of the shell across the yeah,
0: board. Yeah, pom bomb would be really good. I've not used pom bomb in this fight, but it would be really good. In this fight yeah you're right that was that was the that was the dark horse that's not the one that i expected uh mm-hmm. i i do but i do agree this is one that if you it's early enough in that if you don't have if you don't get set up well enough quickly enough you can definitely just get it, shell it definitely is wants brutal. it wants you to so it's an interesting
1: situation where like you have to clear the shell witch from things from hand because it's sitting behind something um mm-hmm it's sitting behind like a a i think a pecan or a pecan mm-hmm. um, so it's like you you can't get your countdowns to hit it usually so yeah you you're right the shell which has to go quickly but then for the rest of the fight the challenge of course is you need to build a couple units that hit really hard and like that scale you can't you can't just chip away at this one Mm-hmm. You have Correct. to have a deck that scales. Yeah, they have like too much healing Cuz it will yeah. outpace Oh, you. absolutely. Yeah.
0: DBN, okay, let's hear about the one that you just lost on and uh we mm. know is your least favorite. What is uh what's that one for you?
1: Ironically, it's the one that you were originally going to assign me. It's Maja. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Maja's tough. Maja I I just it drives mm. me up a wall. Um and it's a combination and you know what it is? it's cuz you have no control you completely lose control mm-hmm. uh in this and you have to, and it's like it's rng man it's literally makes everything rng and it's the freaking worst okay i hate it so <laughs> much i've seriously i like i'm pretty sure like 75% of my runs have been losses to maja wow i i'm pretty sure i seem to get it almost every run um and i lose to it so often so what's so Maja is a thirty health five attack stupid stupid little cat with a freaking mask on and its tail it the its tail has a skull with all the these teeth on it okay um it has a countdown of four but it also activates uh whenever you hit it okay. But the thing about Jaw, right, is that like it in and of itself has some nice answers. Yes, you can there snow does. it. Like, you there's can there's some snow clean, it, it'll never attack. You can snow it, and if you snow it, then it will not react either. Which is huge. So, uh, to being hit. So, is fine. The problem is, you can't target Jaw or anything else on the ding-dang board, because there's a card that comes out, uh, it comes out in phase one, and it comes out again in a future phase, which is smog, and it's this smarmy-looking little stupid cat with a dumb grin on its face, holding a little uh, <laughs> a little incense thing, lantern, a little incense lantern or whatever. And uh, its effect says that while active, uh, so basically just while on the board, uh, add aimless to all enemies. So every single card on your board all of your countdown followers and minions and all this crap now have aimless okay that means that they will randomly target something in that row so in and of itself that's really annoying you can't prioritize what you're gonna hit yep this thing has 10 a whopping 10 health and five attack it hits like a truck okay but that's not the worst part (laughs) and you can never seem to hit it right so you so tactically clearing it first would make the most sense. But here's the crazy part. There's another card called Marrow and Marrow again has way too much health at 14 health. Okay. And Marrow says that while active, all allies have three teeth and teeth is a mechanic where if you hit it, it will hit your minion back for that much damage. So, okay. Let's refresh, shall we? You have smog, which says that everything that you have uh, can't target anything. It's aimless. It hits randomly, okay? But because of this other guy, marrow, it and of itself has three teeth. So if you try to rush it down somehow, which, by the way, you can't target, okay, uh, you will still be hitting randomly, and if you do manage to hit it, you'll take damage back, which three damage... By the way, like most of the, just for those of you who may not have tried this game yet, uh, most of the average health of your followers is between like 6 and 12, right? So like, you're talking about uh, a quarter or maybe up to a half of your character's total health if you accidentally randomly hit one of these guys, okay? Marrow has 14 health, so if you get lucky enough to randomly hit this jabroni, well, it's gonna take multiple hits. And then let's talk about the last joyful addition to this, which is another stupid cat, this time with a turtle shell with spikes on it, okay? And it has 10 health, uh, and every time it gets hit, it adds more teeth! Yep. So if you're randomly... Pawpaw. It's paw paw. And if you're randomly bouncing around, hitting the wrong things, uh, you're going to uh, accidentally punch yourself in the face, and there's nothing you can do about it. So... The thing is, uh, ink is just your best friend against all of these. I mean, there's a reason why it's probably the strongest keyword in the game. Because you can turn off the aimless guy and focus down the, um, you know, marrow, okay? But ink is hard to come by. It's a pretty rare effect. Frost doesn't do anything to this. The only thing Frost does against this is to help with literally just mob jaw. That's it uh frost doesn't gonna stop you from because like these guys don't hit that hard the one of them hits for five which is kind of crazy um but it's more about you're randomly attacking trying to hit the right thing with the right person and punching yourself in the face (laughs) from the stupid teeth the whole time so what drives me nuts about this is just the pure lack of control and the fact that you're this is usually something you hit right about in the middle of a run so Unless you are playing um and you've drafted a hand that has a lot of damage from hand, which is like there's not as much of this, mm-hmm. right? Like a Pom Bomb is pretty good against these guys. Um, but there's not much that hits that hard. Uh usually you're you're looking at things that hit for, you know, two to four four is even rare.
0: Multiple rounds um, like And multiple rounds of throwing
1: some some swords and stuff, but the swords, but it's but it doesn't do anything efficiently. I mean, if you even just trying to clear smog, if you're running rusty swords, you need five rusty swords to clear this thing. If you're running tar Mm. blades, you're gonna need to hit it what three to four times, depending on how many blades you draw across two redraws.
2: Yeah, and I think that's I think you've highlighted a a right thing though. That is kind of the path to beating it, right? It's get rid of um the guy that's making aimless on everything being smog from things from hand because that way you're not getting smacked back with that with the teeth (sighs) and then you can focus once the aimless guy is gone you can then focus on um the homeboy that is giving teeth to everything you can focus on Mara with his big health pool who really doesn't hit for a whole lot which is good um but and he doesn't have teeth himself marrow doesn't even though he gives the rest of his allies teeth Yeah, marrow doesn't, doesn't have teeth but it's a, t- so as t- it's as a tall. As long as you can order. stop yourself from getting hit aimless it's yeah it's a, the, the big health pool on smog is the biggest issue figuring out who yeah. to
0: get rid of in this is frequently my issue of like everything is bad like it's all bad well <laughs> there's no easy and you
1: can figure out you can figure out who to get rid of in a perfect world until you remember that you can't target anything that you want to target, right? So yep. it's like strategy is kind of out the window here in that it, all you're doing is saying, OK, you, you literally have to go through a if I accidentally hit this one, what happens if I accidentally hit this one? What happens
2: contingencies.
1: all the contingencies and you basically have to crunch the numbers every turn for three different eventualities instead of just one. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, it, it's a really unfun fight to run up against. And every, I just groan every time I run into it, um, because it's just really, uh, you, you lose a lot of your agency, I think. And there's certain ways that you play around it. You look at the board and say, okay, how many of the thing in this row has teeth? I've got a guy that's about to hit, but since I can't guarantee where he hits, I move him up there. The best case scenario is if you can build up a really, really hard hitting unit, um, and keep it alive by healing it a lot or by giving it acorns or or shields or whatever um and then hope that you can get it to a place where it can one shot you know or or two shot some of these things. The
0: other good ability that is in this is you can aimless aimless is semi limited right, and so it gives everything aimless, but it it is aimless only for the row. So you can target for the a row. row yeah. The other thing that's actually really good is if you can get something that puts out a decent amount of overburn from hand, because then whatever you damage, you can apply the overburn to. So whatever he hits, you hit with overburn, and then it explodes and damages the other stuff in the row. Yeah, that's a pretty good. And one then too. you can attack the other stuff there. That's probably the ones because I played overburn strategies a couple of times. That's probably the one I've had the most luck with in this is overburn because that you're right. It is a really hard they one. Chain. It is really easy to kill yourself.
1: Well, like, and the, and the challenge, too, is like even with the aimless, like because everything such, has such high health pools and you have to be so cautious, otherwise you're just going to hit yourself in the face and lose. Because you have to be so cautious, you might clear one or two things in a given row. And by the time you clear one, maybe two things, the reinforcements come mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And refill and everything back up. And you're doing the same exact thing. And you're dealing, you have the same issue. And it's like you're back to square one, but you're weaker for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. The other thing, I don't know how knockback or slapback works in this. I think slapback goes random as well, honestly. Um I just feel like my big my best runs I, haven't I feel yet. like my best runs are literally slapback with a like a really chunky tanky thing up front that's like always my best chance.
1: I do think for the most part getting something really really bulky should be a a center point of your decision making. So if you can get you know, Colonel or Big berry or something like that early. Um, you should, because I think that having the flexibility to absorb some hits early as you set up other components of your strategy um, gives you so much wiggle room.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, uh, guys, you've heard us talk uh, ad nauseum about our least favorite ones, but let us know what your least favorite bosses are and why it's probably Muttonhead, which you've never even seen because you got knocked out by a seven-attack aimless before you ever got to see the boss, um, or whatever the other boss is that you really don't like playing against. Uh, We've been enjoying, still enjoying uh, a lot of Wild Frost, and we got one more episode left. We'll give you our final verdict: thumbs up, thumbs down. If this is a game we're going to continue to play, and also tell you what game we're moving on. To next and i'm willing to bet that nobody can guess the next one i am willing to bet if you can well <laughs> let us know in the discord and we'll give you a shout out on the show because you were able to guess it but i'm guessing that no one's going to be able to guess the one that we're uh, moving to next that's going to do it for this episode of legends cast guys thank you so much for listening we always appreciate you tuning in and and listen to us just yammer on about cards yep. and card games and and nonsense and shenanigans and and hooligans and and chicanery chicanery and (laughs) flap jacobins uh that's a that's a a completely (laughs) what in the what i'm gonna use that one now flap jacobins flap (laughs) jacobins okay
2: we're coining yeah well if
0: you made it this far into the episode and you didn't shut us off already you got a bonus yeah you you got some flap jacobins for you that's it's my new <laughs> game <laughs> no longer gives a- okay that's gonna do it for this episode guys thank you so much for tuning in and listening and be sure to come back again next week thanks for listening to this episode of legends cast you can join our podcast community by joining discord using the link in the description of this episode you can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camp legend and don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the camp legend podcast network